Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host, and today we're going to talk about a really hot topic, something I'm calling the chemistry question. You know, we've talked about compatibility on this podcast. We've talked about all kinds of things on this podcast, but I don't know if I've ever developed, uh, ever devoted um, an entire podcast to talking about chemistry. And we're going to do that today because at first glance, you know, you could really wonder, do you really need to talk about chemistry? Isn't it like one of those things that when you got it, you know it, right? It's like, do you need to dissect it and talk about it and, you know, learn about it? I mean, isn't it sort of obvious? And I would say on one level, yes. But here's why I'm calling this the chemistry question. I'm going to answer some questions that I get very frequently from my clients about attraction and chemistry and that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to ask a question, I'm going to answer a question that people should be asking but they hardly ever do. So what are the questions that I get? Usually I get questions about chemistry usually from feminine people who meet someone and they're, they, they feel attraction, but maybe not that much. And the difficult part is the other person that they're feeling some attractive attraction to is a pretty good guy, you know, pretty good person. They check a lot of boxes. There's, there's a lot of good qualities there, but they say, gosh, but I, I just don't know if I'm attracted or I don't know if I feel attracted enough. Like how much attraction, how much chemistry do you need to have? Okay, so that's one dimension of the question. The other dimension of the question is, and this almost always comes from feminine people too, is, well, can my attraction, can the chemistry grow? You know, we... We've met, we've been on a date. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's some chemistry there, but it's not real strong. I'm attracted, but not that attractive, uh, not that attracted to them. But they say, Roy, sometimes I hear that attraction can grow over time. Like the more you get to know someone, they become more attractive to you. Um, So is that true? And therefore, like, what do I do in this situation where I don't feel that much of it? How long should I date someone? How much time should I give this um, to know if something really begins to develop or not? Okay. So I think those are some really good questions to talk about with chemistry. Now, the question that people should be asking, and they rarely do, is, is like, are, are, is all chemistry the same? <laughs> In other words, 
you should be asking, is there such a thing as healthy chemistry that you should trust and take to the bank and run with when you experience it? And is there a kind of unhealthy chemistry that might feel powerful and wonderful, but maybe you should not trust that kind of chemistry? So that is actually a question that you should be asking. Is there healthy chemistry and unhealthy chemistry? And how do you know, you know, which is which? <coughs> Excuse me. Right? So those are, those are pretty good questions. And I want to start with that one. Okay? I, I talk about this in my second book, Attracting Lasting Love, after which this podcast has been named. And I talk about there's two kinds of chemistry. There is polarity chemistry. That's the healthy kind. That's the kind you can trust. When you experience that, you can go with it. But then there's something called persona chemistry. And that's the kind of chemistry that you should be very suspicious of because it's, it's, it's really based on unhealthy dynamics between two people. So let me explain what persona chemistry means. The first thing I should do is define what a persona is. Okay, A persona is a way of being. It's, it's the person that we can sometimes become. It's all based on our childhood, usually. It's the person that we felt we needed to be when we were young in order to feel safe or to be successful or to garner attention and love. We grow up sometimes in environments where our authentic selves, who we are, might not be necessarily appreciated or valued or championed or loved. And we can figure out in our families that if I'm more of this kind of little girl or that kind of little boy, I get more approval. I get more applause, I get more attention, I get more love, or I feel safer, I feel more secure, okay? Uh, A classic example would be a little girl growing up in a household where the father um, is emotionally shut down to the point that whenever the little girl shows her emotions, sadness, fear, anger, you know, Daddy can't handle it. She gets judged when she's being emotional. She gets in trouble. She might get spanked or she might get punished or she just might kind of get ignored or somehow dismissed. Well, that's that's crushing to a little girl to have daddy avoid her or judge her or reject her or punish her. <clears throat> so what's she going to do? Well, she wants daddy's love. So she's going to sort of flip into being the little girl that he seems to really like, which is the girl who's not emotional, who hides those feelings, doesn't express those feelings, sort of buries them. And the little girl's always happy or, or, you know, or this or that, you know, being, being that kind of little girl, excuse me. Being that kind of little girl gets lots of love and attention 
and uh, approval and security from daddy. Now, she's so young that she doesn't know that she's actually doing this. She doesn't know that she's morphing into a different person. <laughs> she's just sort of doing it to survive. Right? She's two, three, four, five years old. This is, this is pre-real awareness. And so, because she doesn't know she's doing it, now she's 35, 40, 45, 50, and she can't express emotions. She's sort of cut off from her emotional body. She can't express anger. Can't deal with, you know, sadness or or fear or loneliness or whatever it might be. She's shut down emotionally. And she shows up in the world a little bit like a robot, just like a, a worker bee. She just, goes, you know, gets things done and she's probably successful in achieving things. But there's a whole part of her life that has been disowned. And that's really going to affect, you know, her life because she's split. Okay? So we all experience these things. Where we go through our childhoods, we develop a persona. This happened to me. And I call it a relationship persona because these personas show up in our relationships. And without going too much into detail, because I did explain a lot about this in another podcast, and I'll reference that here in just a bit, but um, I grew up in an environment where I got sort of, I felt close to my mother when I was being a good boy, when I was fulfilling her needs making her happy, you know, fulfilling her agenda and not thinking about myself and not being selfish and not really thinking about what I wanted. You know, I grew up in a situation where I got love and attention and approval from my mother when I made my life be about taking care of hers or fulfilling her needs and wants and wishes and agenda. When I did that, I got a lot of emotional connection. I, I felt, I felt like my mother, you know, when she loved me. But I felt the love more when I was that kind of little boy. But when I was a little boy who was, you know, demanding or said what he wanted or had his own needs, his own agenda, I got a cold shoulder. I felt a lot of distance from my mother. I saw those pursed lips. Um, I didn't get necessarily, you know, punished for it, but I could feel the distance. And the little boy wants to be close to his mother. So I developed this way of being in the world to where I'm now 45, 50, 55 years old. And I function as Roy the rescuer in a relationship. It's like, I, I'm the way I get a woman to love me or to want me, to accept me, to to have affection toward me is if I make my life be about taking care of hers. So I became this kind of rescuing person in relationships. Can you relate to something like that? You probably can. Being like that or something like that is quite common. Now, the issue with being sort of a rescuer 
is that when I show up and that's how I feel safe and get love and approval and affection and attention, I have to function as Roy the Rescuer. That's that's how I get it. That's what I believe. That's my persona. Well, that persona is attracted to and has chemistry with a certain kind of woman. And it's the kind of woman who needs to be rescued. (laughs) You follow me? (laughs) Right? So I have chemistry when I'm Roy the Rescuer with Debbie the Damsel. And that's what happened in my love life. Is I found myself in sort of relationship after relationship where I was sort of rescuing and making my life be about taking care of theirs. And I kept attracting women who had real busy, successful careers. They were single mothers and they were overwhelmed. They couldn't take care of their career and the kids and it was just too much. And I'm like, oh, baby, you've met the right guy because I'm going to swoop in there and I'm going to make my life be about taking care of yours. And of course, I was doing that from this unconscious belief, this unconscious fear that if I'm not Roy the Rescuer, I can never get the attention and affection from a woman. So I wasn't doing it out of the goodness of my heart. I wasn't showing up and sort of taking care of things and cleaning the house and raising the kids and doing the shopping and, you know, uh, washing the clothes and folding the laundry and washing the car and cutting the grass. I, I wasn't taking care of these women's lives because it's the way I wanted to express my love. It was an expression coming from fear. And I just felt like that's the kind of guy I had to be in order to get the attention and affection of a beautiful woman. And so as I showed up as my persona, the only kinds of women that I would feel chemistry with or attraction to would be women who needed to be rescued. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that when I met an independent, strong woman that was on her game and kicking ass and taking names and you know able to handle her life, I'm not saying I didn't think she was pretty or that she was good looking. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm I'm talking about that I didn't feel drawn to her. I didn't feel like I wanted to be with her. I didn't feel chemistry. I didn't feel real attraction. Oh, sure, she's pretty. She's good looking. But I don't know. I just uh, just don't think there's just not that that thing. We We don't have it. Whatever it is, I don't feel that. But when I met that woman who was a damsel in distress someone that I could rescue, even though consciously I had no idea this was going on. I didn't meet someone and say, ooh, she's a good target because her life has fallen apart and she's you know trying to keep all the plates spinning and ooh, she's exactly the kind of woman I want to hone in on and, and go after. No, no way. It, it was an unconscious kind of attraction. It was a, an unconscious kind of fit. My persona fit with her persona because her damsel in distress is a persona also, right? So personas have chemistry too is my point. (laughs) If you're Nancy the nurse 
or Mike the mechanic, you know, you you find people that need fixing, or Nancy the nurse finds men who need to be patched up and put back together again and so forth, right? If you're Freddy the fireman, which means you are you, whenever some woman calls nine one men, you're nine one one. You're right there. You're coming right over. You're gonna, you're gonna rescue her from a burning building. When when she's in drama and she's in trouble and the shit's hitting the fan, you, you are Johnny on the spot. You know you're you're right there. You're Freddie the fireman, right? So when you're showing up like that, you will have chemistry. Like Freddie the fireman has chemistry with the drama queen. Because he's built to handle emergencies. And the drama queen always has an emergency. And Nancy, the nurse, has tons of chemistry when she meets a man who needs to be patched up and healed, broken down. And Mike, the mechanic, is interested in women that just need fixing. Okay? Now, these dynamics almost always never work out because they're built on fear, right? Both people are not being their authentic selves. Both people are operating from a place of fear, thinking that this is sort of the way I've got to be to get anyone to love me or to feel safe or to feel connected. Do you follow me? So personas have chemistry. Now, that kind of chemistry has a particular feeling tone. And I don't know if I can describe this to you. Um, I can tell you this. It is perhaps the most powerful and wonderful feeling that you will ever have in your life. When you experience persona chemistry, it is unbelievably sexy. It's like, oh my God, I have found the one. It's like... There's, there's a frenetic texture to it. There's a, a racing heartbeat. There's high energy. There's major thrill. There's an exuberance. There's an over-the-topness. The best way to explain it, it's Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch jumping about the woman. I think it was, was it Katie someone? or I don't know who it was. But you remember the scene, don't you? Tom Cruise telling Oprah he was in love and he's jumping up and down on the couch. It's it's that kind of feel. You know that relationship didn't work out, right? Because it was a persona attraction, right? But they had it, but it's incredible chemistry. It's unbelievably sexy and powerful, and it feels incredible. But it really does have that fast paced. Um wild kind of, and usually it's followed by incredible sex, frequent sex, um, you know, nutty sex, like it's the best sex of my life. And it's just, oh my God, right? So it's got that kind of feeling tone to it. And I actually tell people, I hope you can go through your life and feel that at least once. It is unbelievable. When I met my ex-fiance, that's what it was like. It was it was just the, the amount of chemistry was something that's indescribable. And it was a wonderful feeling. And I kind of wish everyone can have that experience. 
I'm just here to tell you that it's built on a shaky foundation and it's not going to last. Because again, the whole thing is built on fear. The whole thing is, is you're being an inauthentic person. You're doing it unconsciously, of course. I didn't know I was being Roy the Rescuer. I just thought that I was just the world's greatest boyfriend. I was just such a nice guy. I had to do a lot of work with my coach to really understand that I was being sort of unconsciously phony, that it was not really who I was, that this was a a pattern being played out between me and my mother that was being played out between me and women. And you will find that your relationship personas are developed from your relationship with your opposite sex parent. So women, look at your relationship with your father. Men, look at your relationship with your mother. That's usually where these dynamics come from because those parents are really our first boyfriend and first girlfriend. And we learn about connection with the opposite sex in a way, even if it's a gay relationship, there's an opposite energy between masculine and feminine. We learn about that from our opposite sex parents. Okay? So that's persona chemistry. It's exhilarating, but it's built on a bad foundation. It's not going to last, but damn, does it feel good. Okay? It's got that fast-paced, frenetic, excited Tom Cruise jumping up and down energy to it. Okay? Now, what is polarity chemistry? What do I mean by polarity? Well, polarity just means opposite. And in this conversation, that means the masculine-feminine oppositeness. It means the, <clears throat> the polarity of the masculine and feminine. That's healthy attraction. We're built to be attracted to our reciprocal opposites. Just like energy travels between two poles. I mean, on the earth, there's a north and south pole and there's an arc of energy, a magnetic field around the earth that are based upon those two opposite poles. When you plug something into the wall, it's got two prongs, right? One's a big fat prong, one's a skinnier prong. There's a masculine feminine and there's an arc of energy that passes between those two. That's what makes for electricity. That's why we call chemistry a spark, right? You put your cables you know, on your on your car battery. Well, there's a red cable and a black cable. You follow me? They're, they're opposites, right? This is the nature of the universe. This is not just in humans. It's, it's all throughout nature in the universe. And it's healthy. It's a healthy spark. It's a healthy arc of energy that passes. That's why you can have a group of women in a room and one guy walks into the room and it will change the entire dynamic of the room. Because that opposite polarity just walked in. Same way. Bunch of guys sitting around doing something. A beautiful woman walks in the room. Everything changes. The whole atmosphere changes now. Right? Because the opposite energy walked in. Okay? So there's a healthy persona chemistry. I mean, there's an unhealthy persona chemistry where it's like my junk from my childhood is matching perfectly with your junk from your childhood. I'm a rescuer, you're a damsel. Hey, man, we're in business. Although nobody knows that that's what's happening. You just think you're in love. You're not. You're not in love. You're in persona. 
right? But then there's the healthy kind, the healthy polarity, where it's like masculine meets feminine, spark. There's no persona. There's no fear there. There's just the natural attraction. Now, when two people meet from that place, from the polarity place, the chemistry feels different than the persona stuff. It's not as frenetic. It's not as wild. It's not the kind that would make you jump up and down on a couch and scream and yell and you found the one, right? It's deeper. It's quieter. It it has a a kind of a a more grounded feeling. It's still really sexy. It's still very much, oh, baby. It's like, oh, there's an attraction. But it just seems to be more kind of under control in a sense or not to be kind of like wild kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you know. It's so it's got a f- different feeling tone. So like when I met my ex-fiance, it was the persona chemistry. And I remember just going to all my friends and just telling them, oh my God, this woman, the sex, she's beautiful. And I was like Tom Cruise, man. I wasn't jumping on a couch, but I was like that. That's how it felt between the two of us. It was, it was like we were completing each other. Remember the you complete me thing from Tom Cruise's movie, uh, Jerry Maguire, you complete me, right? Romantic movie. I love the movie. That line is very unconscious and very dangerous. We don't complete each other. We are whole and complete unto ourselves. But sometimes when you're in persona, you're not in your completeness, right? You're in a persona. And when you meet another person's persona that matches yours, like two pieces of a puzzle that go together, it's like, oh my God, I'm complete. And that sets off a kind of frenetic energy. But persona chemistry, it is sexy. There is powerful attraction. The sex is great. And it's just as frequent, you know, perhaps. But it's kind of a more of a grounded, quieter, sort of even flowing feeling rather than this all over the place thing. Okay? That's the kind you're looking for. Because <laughs> that kind lasts. Because it's built on something solid, the masculine-feminine dynamic that doesn't change. Right? The persona dynamic, what happened for me was I eventually felt safe in the relationship and loved. And then it started to occur to me I don't want to do your kids' laundry. I don't want to make their beds. and I don't want to cook dinner and do the shopping. You're a workaholic. You're working 60 to 80 hours a week. This is ridiculous. Right? So I didn't want to keep being a rescuer. And because now I'm not in my persona, I'm not fitting with the damsel. Do you follow me? If I don't want to be a rescuer, then I don't fit with the damsel. Only rescuers and damsels go together. If my ex-fiance had woken up out of her damselness and said, what's going on here? Why am I letting this guy rescue me and 
and take care of me. I, I got to get my professional life more in order so that I can be here and raise my children and create a balanced life where I've got my shit together. If she did that, I would no longer have fit with her because now she doesn't need rescuing. Well, that's what happened. I was the one to start talking about not wanting to be a rescuer anymore, and our relationship blew up. It had to. So when you're in persona chemistry, you both have to stay asleep to all of this for your entire life. Now, my parents did it. I believe my parents were in persona chemistry their entire relationship. Nobody really grew. Nobody really evolved. They both stayed in their roles. They both stayed in their particular relationship shape and they continued to fit together and they were married for 53 or 54 years until you know my father passed away. Okay? Fine. Very rare, as you know. This is why the divorce rates, one of the reasons why the divorce rate is so high is because we're getting married in persona. And those things don't last. We eventually grow, we evolve, we wake up, and then we don't want to we don't want to play the game we've been playing. We don't want to fulfill the roles that we've been, you know, the, you don't want to be Nancy the nurse. You get tired of rescuing men and putting them back together again. You don't you don't want to be Freddie the fireman. You're tired of being around a drama queen all the time. Right? But one, when you're married to the person and you're in this dynamic, well, then you wake up and then the relationship doesn't work and then you end up getting divorced or dumped or whatever the whole thing happens. But the, the polarity chemistry has no limit. You can both grow and evolve and there's still the chemistry of the masculine feminine. <laughs> right? you, you don't grow out of that kind. It never hits a wall and it can last. So that's the first chemistry question. What kind of chemistry have you experienced? And what kind of chemistry do you want? I'm here to tell you, you better want the polarity chemistry. Now, the only way you get that is by doing your work. That's what I did. I worked with a coach and I uncovered some of this unconscious stuff because I didn't know it. All I knew is I told my coach, why do I keep getting in these relationships where these women are working, they're very successful, they make a lot of money, they're real busy, but they can't really manage their own households. And I start functioning as Mr. Mom, and I don't really want to do that. I mean, I like being helpful. I, I, I love the woman, and I, I, want to, I want to play a part, but this is, this is weird. You know, when I, when I finally asked the question, well, then my coach was able to help me understand this. But before that, I didn't know it. I was just wanting a, the attention and affection of a beautiful woman. And I thought, well, that's the kind of guy I got to be. It really, I, I really wasn't even choosing it. It was just the way I was functioning. It was what I had learned from my childhood. I was completely unaware that I was doing all of this. And it was only when all the drama happened between me and my ex-fiance that I started to wake up and notice some of these patterns. Okay? So you got to do your work. You got to work on identifying your relationship persona. Kind of where it came from, how it operates, the kind of people it attracts. This is why you keep attracting the same problems and patterns and the same types of partners over and over again, right? I've done a whole podcast on it's called the relationship groundhog day syndrome. You keep 
reliving the same kind of relationship over and over again. And you can reference that on my on my the list of podcasts, you know, for this podcast. You can find it and listen to it. It goes a bit deeper into this whole thing. But you got to do your work to uncover your relationship persona and really get to know it and in a, in a way befriend it so that you can begin to find like what is your authentic self. The more you find your authentic self, the more polarity chemistry becomes a possibility. And there needs to be some work there. What is the masculine-feminine dynamic? What is that all about? There's so much misinformation around masculine-feminine, especially in today's world with all the gender identity issues. Okay? This, this whole You almost can't say these words anymore in today's world because of that. Now, I'm not going to get into that issue right now, but... Regardless of that, there are masculine and feminine. You still have two prongs that you stick into the wall, right? So you need to understand that. You need to know how to magnify your masculine or your, your feminine because that's what creates healthy attraction, okay? Now, how do you do that? Well, you need to work with someone who understands these things. And I would be a pretty, a pretty good choice, <laughs> Since I'm the one teaching you about this stuff, I sort of know about it. Um, Not everybody really understands these things. Uh, Every relationship coach or therapist or counselor should, but they don't, okay? So you need to find someone who really understands this stuff, not from a book, you know, not from a seminar, but really because they've lived it themselves. That's where real knowing comes from, the experience of doing it yourself because I worked my way out of it into a polarity driven connection with my wife. And if I can find my way out, I can show you the way out too. Okay. So there you go. That's a little bit about polarity and persona chemistry. Okay. Now let's go to some of these other questions. Um, is it true that women sometimes grow over time to find a man more more attractive. I have heard that too many times not to say yes. Um, I think that is true. And I think it's because one of the, the, one of the ways in which I think the feminine in sort of general is a little bit more evolved than the masculine is that the feminine has a tendency to make, to take a more holistic view of a partner. Yes, they want someone that's handsome and, you know, good looking and all of that. But the feminine, I think, is also concerned with what kind of man he is. Like, what is he doing with his life? What's his character? Is he trustworthy? In other words, the feminine takes in more things to consider when she is picking a partner. Therefore, you can meet a man and just at, in the beginning, all you know is the physical. And you can say, well, I'm attracted. He's okay looking. But then you spend some time with him and you get to see the depth of character, the spirituality, the trustability. And it's like, this guy gets better looking to me all the time. <laughs> because the more I get to know him, the more I respect who he is in the world and what he's doing. You follow me? So I think that can happen to women. I don't notice that with guys as much. 
I think one of the ways we men can take some criticism here is that we have a tendency to be one-dimensional with women. Is she hot? Does she, is she sexy to me? Does she turn me on? That's all I need, baby. I don't care if her life is a mess. I don't care if, you know, there's some character issues or this or that. I mean, she she's a hot mess. We don't say that about men, do we? A woman doesn't find – she wouldn't say to a guy, but he's, he's a hot mess and, and say that in a positive way unless she's met the bad boy. But a good woman knows the bad boy is someone, it's a nice toy to play with, but you can't make a life with the bad boy. You can't make a life with a hot mess, but a man kind of, I can make a life with a hot mess because the hotness overrides everything. And that's a mistake, right? Because first of all, looks and sexiness, that wears over time. We get older, we don't look the same. And in the middle of the night when the shit's hitting the fan, what really matters is what kind of woman this is. Can you depend on her? Will she be there when the going gets tough? Can you can you work through things with her? It doesn't matter how great looking she is. In those situations, you sort of need a partner that you can walk through life with when it might be difficult and looks won't carry that. So I think men could use to be a bit more like women in how they select a partner and to, to be more holistic. And so therefore, I don't think men meet a woman. I've never heard of a man say, I met this girl and when I first met her, I, I didn't think she was sexy. I didn't feel any chemistry. I didn't feel attracted to her really. But the more I got to know her, she's just the sexiest thing in the world to me. I've just tell me if you've heard different. I mean, maybe you. I'm sure there is someone who at first found a person to be dull and drab and kind of homely and just just not good looking, not not attracted to her at all. And then for some reason he hangs around with her and goes on a couple of dates or is in a group setting and he gets to know her. And now all of a sudden, yeah, at first I thought she was kind of homely and unattractive, but now I think she's beautiful. I just don't think that happens, okay? But I do think that happens with women. <laughs> when I first met him, eh, he's just, uh, you know, there eh, really wasn't much there. But man, this guy is so on his game. He's so conscious. He's so deep. He's so available. He's so present. Um, he treats me so well. It's like he's just handsomer to me. I can't even explain it to you, <laughs> okay? So I, I, think that that, I think that that is possible. Now, kind of the final question is, what do you, I'm going to speak mostly to women right now, because women have this thing where they meet someone and the attraction really isn't there or it's not very strong. It's certainly not as strong as they would like it to be, but yet the guy is pretty good. The guy has a lot going for him. So they're like, because if he didn't have anything going for him and she didn't feel much attraction at all, then she would just let him go. She'd just move on, right? But she but she sort of can't. I have my clients tell me all the time, I, I can't forget about this guy. I can't seem to let go. I mean, no, I'm not that attracted to him. He, he's not the kind of person I've ever envisioned myself being with. He, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, yeah, that, that part really isn't there. 
But man, the more I'm around the guy, he's checking a lot of boxes. So like, what do I do? Can, can the attraction grow? Um, and if so, what do I do about that? How do I deal with that? So here's what I tell a person in that situation. And I describe it with this phrase. It's called the naked test. The naked test. And I tell my female clients or feminine clients, I tell them, even though you might not do this, you may have boundaries about when you have sex and so forth. Fine. But just imagine right now, imagine that you're naked with this guy. And he pulls you close and he presses his body up against you and you press your body up against him and you guys passionately kiss, arms wrapped around each other, genitals pressing against each other. I mean, you're naked and you're, imagine that now, imagine that. How does that feel in your body? There's three basic responses. The first is, Ew, yuck, no, God, no, no, I cannot even imagine that. Or, so, well, I mean, doesn't feel great, but doesn't feel terrible, you know, it's all right, uh, kind of neutral, kind of like, eh, you know, eh, but it's, eh, you know, eh, right? Or it's, oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh my God, does that, does the idea of that feel good? Right? Now, here's what I say. You can't go into a relationship and commit to a relationship and make someone your boyfriend or girlfriend without having the, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. I can, the feeling of that makes my energy go through the roof. You can't get into a relationship without it. Okay? But also, if you meet someone and he's a really good guy, got a lot of great things going for him, and as I described the naked test, if your response was, oh, God, no, it kind of makes me throw up in my mouth. No, I, there's no, no, I, I can't, I don't even want to think about that. Then you're done. I don't care if the guy's Elon Musk. You know what I mean? I, I don't care if he's rich. I don't care if he's so successful. I don't care if his presence is coming out of his ears. Um, you just can't be in a relationship with someone that you your skin crawls at the thought of being with them in a physical way. There's just too many other men in the world to, to, to settle for that. And the guy doesn't want you to be with him if you feel that way, right? I mean, my Lord, I would not, I would not want a woman to be with me if she's like, ew. I don't, I don't want him, to, I don't want Roy to touch me. That kind of makes me, right? No, please reject me. Set me on my way. Let me go find a woman who really loves that idea. Okay. But the question is, what happens when you're kind of in that middle? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not bad. That's not great. Here's what I say. Date the person. Date the person. Two, three, four, five, six dates. Really get to know them. Really get to know the kind of person they are. You're not having sex yet because you don't really feel like you really want to do that yet because you're not, you don't feel that kind of attraction, right? You, if you did, you would, 
you would probably consummate. You would probably, or as the Big Bang Theory says, you'd have coitus, right? So, but you don't feel that way. So you're not doing that. But that doesn't mean you end the relationship. Since women sometimes can grow in attraction, then give the relationship some space. Spend time with the person and see what happens. After four, five, six dates, if the guy's not, if, if, you're, if you haven't gotten to that naked test where you go, oh yeah, now that I know this guy, yeah, perhaps he's not, he doesn't look like Tom Cruise or, you know, uh, George Clooney or something. Yeah, no, but oh my God, yes. The idea of him pressing himself against me and kissing me, I love that idea, right? You've grown there. Good. Then give yourself to the relationship. But as you get to know him, after four, five, six dates, after a little while, you're still like, eh, eh. I mean, it's not like he's getting uglier, right? But it's still kind of, eh, eh, take it or leave it. Eh. Then you got to end the relationship. Do you follow me? Nobody wants to be in a relationship where it's, eh, right? You're going to have an affair <laughs> if you're in a relationship like that, right? So that's how I think you would handle this is you just give it some space, see what happens. You're not hurting that person by doing that. You're, you're not making any false promises. You're not misleading anyone. You're, you're dating someone. You don't feel a lot of chemistry, but the person's got a lot going for them. So you're going to give it some time. You're going to get to know them. And it'll go one way or the other. It'll either stay, eh, or it'll go, yeah. And then you're in business. Okay? Okay, so that's a little bit about chemistry and some of the questions that come up around chemistry. But again, the real issue is are you having healthy chemistry or, or, or unhealthy chemistry? And again, I just reach out to me. I don't know anyone that doesn't need to work through their relationship persona. There is no such thing as a person that doesn't have one. Now, I don't care. Don't tell me your childhood was perfect and wonderful and you came out of out of your childhood with, with no persona issues. Yeah, you have. You just don't see it, right? This is just normal stuff. Ask any psychologist, okay? This is just, this is just what happens in families. You're going to find a way to feel safe and secure and get love in your family. You're going you're gonna to sh- put on those, those aspects that your family values. You're going to disown or cut off the parts that your family doesn't like or doesn't appreciate. And you're going to become an inauthentic person, basically. You're going to develop a relationship persona. It's, it's just going to happen. So you need to do work on that if you want to have a healthy, sustainable relationship because you can't relate from the persona and have it work. So you need to work on that. And then you need to work on understanding real chemistry the polarity chemistry. And that's what I'm here for. So if you want to reach out to me, you know where to find me, right? Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Phone number 407-687-3387. So toward the attraction of and celebration of polarity chemistry. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. 
Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.